We promised we'd be back with a bonus episode, and here we are! Welcome to the TV Channeling bonus episode. It's like an addendum episode. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no, no, Tati, we're supersizing it. Oh! We're supersizing it. I like that. Addendum is very litigious, so supersizing it. Yes. Yeah. We're giving you more of what you love, Kevin and Tachi. So this this bonus episode is all about the review. So tell them what we're reviewing, Taji. We're reviewing The Defenders. It's a Netflix show, and Kevin is going to tell you more about it. All right. So The Defenders. All right. Matt Murdock, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Danny Rand are reluctant heroes whose four separate paths converge while investigating different crimes until they realize these incidents are all part of the same global conspiracy that could destroy all of New York City. So, Tachi, what did you think of the Defenders? Or should I say Marvel's Defenders when I want to get sued? That's right. Marvel's The Defenders. Get it right. I am, I'm in love with a lot of the Marvel Universe. I really, I've already been following the stories of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. So this for me was a treat. I love, I think it was very well shot again. We keep going back to this. In this day and age, you have no reason not to have cinema quality productions. If if you don't, just make YouTube videos. And even then, (laughs) they want you to have good quality stuff. So it was just so well shot. And it was interesting the way they were able to intertwine the stories. Because these are, with the exception, if, if I'm not mistaken, I know that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I think they used to date. So they have a past. They know each other from before. But the the other two, Daredevil and Iron Fist, they don't have any prior contact with either of the other two either. So it was interesting how they were able, I'm like, how are they going to merge all of their stories together? And so obviously there's one central point that brings them all together. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. One of the interesting things about it to me was the fact that what what's so smart about how Marvel does these things and can combine these different stories is the fact that it was clear through watching it. And I should uh, uh, let you guys know that the difference between Tachi and I when it comes to this is I came into this newborn baby fresh. I have not seen any of the shows uh, that the the different. I haven't seen Daredevil. I haven't seen Iron Fist. I haven't seen Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. So I came into this knowing nothing about these characters, other than the fact that uh, I know that Luke Cage's character is bulletproof, and Jessica Jones is an alcoholic who's really strong. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I knew about it, and so um, and of course Daredevil. I'll I knew about that was the Daredevil movie uh starring oh my god what's his name uh he's currently Batman even though he shouldn't be um you got me I'll look it up anyway um oh my god Ben Affleck yeah oh okay. my god all right uh thank you J-Lo anyway uh, <laughs> that's the only reason I only, whenever I need to remember that man I think of J-Lo and remember him rubbing her butt in a video oh I'm like oh yeah all right 
Um, but anyway, <laughs> nice job if you can get it. So where, where was I? So I knew nothing about this universe uh, in particular. But one of the things I noticed in the course of watching uh, this miniseries is that all the kind of the side characters, not the main characters didn't know each other, but a lot of the side characters from like, say, uh, say like Froggy from um, Daredevil seem to know uh, some of the uh, one of the people that are uh, regular on the Luke Cage yes. show, so they all exist in the same kind of universe of a uh, greater New York, and they all kind of know of each other, even though the main people didn't know of each other other than reputation, and um, they soon learn about each other. Now, one thing I should say that normally when Tachi and I review shows, we watch at least two episodes of whatever show we're reviewing. In this case, um, I'm not sure how many episodes, Tachi, how many did I you watch? I watched five. All right. I watched the whole thing from start to finish, the whole eight episodes. I, <laughs> It was like potato chips. I had one, I'll have another. Going. And to be honest with you, the, to be honest with you, I actually, after watching one episode, I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> and then after watching two, I was like, I don't know. Because what was it was it takes a while. The show plays it up, uh, has a very deliberate pace at the beginning. And they don't even put all four characters don't even get together until episode three is when all the the the, the team is assembled. And so at the beginning of it, when they're kind of laying the groundwork, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. But I think because it, there's a lot of knowing looks where people kind of look at each other and, and say things like, Time you know what happened before <laughs> i won't let it happen again and i'm like I, watching I, I don't know what happened before why can't we let it happen again <laughs> well why are you why are you staring daggers at that character over there because they have a past that, that i need to have i needed to have watched uh either a season of daredevil or a season of jessica jones or a season of luke cage to understand why these why people are giving each other dirty looks well that, that's the thing <laughs> so, i can i can get with you on that because i'm familiar with these characters I'm like, okay, I kind of know their backstory a little bit, particularly with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. So I'm comfortable. You really do need to have a, an inkling of what their backstories are to understand what's going on in the first two episodes. But if you can hang tight and get to episode three, they start to reveal things about their past where it's like if you hang on, you don't have to go back and, and research their backstory because it starts to unfold. Oh yeah, so that that's why I'm glad I stuck with it because I, I there were so many times that people would you know look at each other and say very dramatic things like "Not again, Tachi! Not again!" I'm, not I'm like, "Not again? Death. What? What happened the first time? I have no idea what they're talking about." So, <laughs> but what really kept me going through the first two episodes was the one, the only Sigourney uh -huh. Weaver who plays Alexandra and she basically is the one that gets this whole star, uh, story going because that whole global conspiracy, she's the one that's behind it all. And um, who doesn't love, if you love sci-fi or comic book anything, I don't understand how you don't love Sigourney Weaver. In fact, after watching this and seeing Sigourney Weaver in this, I'm thinking, Oh my God, whenever she goes to any kind of comic con thing and she's like a signing has a signing thing, her line will be out the door, down the block, and around a couple of corners because it's like 
if you, uh, you know what? Wh- why are you in line to get Sigourney Weaver's autograph? I am a huge fan of Alien. Why are you in line to see Sigourney Weaver? I am a huge fan of, um, oh my God, what is that? Interspace? What was that comedy space movie she was in? Remember that? Space with, um, Tim <laughs> Allen? Tim um, Allen? No, I don't. It was basically what was neat about it was it was basically the, the premise of the movie was and I'm sure there are tons of fans yelling at their uh, uh yelling right now like we know what it is how can you not know the name of this well anyway because it's oh, called it was, TV it was based on that's like, why it was kind of like a it was kind of well it was based on like a, it was the idea of it was like it was an old television show that was kind of like a Star Trek kind of show and um aliens in an of uh, uh, far away see it and they they take it to be uh like chronicling these 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 heroes uh what they were doing and so they kidnap all of them to get them to help them fight defeat some horrible villain that's going to destroy their whole world because they they believe they're incredible uh you know uh heroes anyway um oh my god um it's something space but anyway the point galaxy quest okay galaxy, galaxy quest. quest anyway so they're going to be fans in line to, to get her autograph that, that love galaxy quest so there are fans that are rabid for that and still waiting for galaxy quest 2 and then they're and then the they're avatar, the avatar fans, fans. And now there are going to be a bunch of people that are that are fans of the the, the Defenders miniseries that want her autograph for that. So my God, is there any kind of sci-fi fanboy thing that you're not involved with, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver? But anyway, her performance is incredible in this, and she says a lot of very mysterious things at the beginning, where you're like, "What the hell is she talking about?" And, and, and lots of knowing looks and meeting uh, and meeting people in parks, saying very mysterious cryptic things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was. And you know what? I was thinking about the whole thing in terms of we had talked about this offline about uh, uh mystery and cryptic things and ancient organizations and ancient rituals and stuff. Ancient, ancient Chinese Chinese, basically let's call it what it is, ancient Chinese secrets. So ethnicity <laughs> and race was was really apparent here. So not only in that that there has that the Asians that are involved in everything either have to own a restaurant, which they did, or uh, be mystical or somehow know some mystery system or and know martial arts very well. So that was all there. So, when you, so as I was watching that, I was thinking, oh, Kevin must be having a field day. <laughs> yeah, now that's one thing I was going to say. Now, I really wonder um, how um, Asians might feel about this because it's so many, there's so many tropes here. Um, and the idea that everybody who's Asian knows martial arts, <laughs> which I don't think is cool to think that, but if you, I guess if you're Asian and you live in the Marvel universe, yes, you do <laughs> you know. You can martial only live arts. in the Marvel universe if you, and you're Asian. And if you know martial arts, that's it. Yeah, and if you're and if you're not a part of a global conspiracy, you own or work at a Chinese restaurant. Those are your only two, two career paths. If you... <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you live in the Marvel universe and you're Asian of Asian descent. Exactly. <laughs> but then you know we go to a character. You know, there's that. I mean, and that was heavily because the whole thing is based off of like this uh, this Asian philosophy that. Uh, that that is a thread throughout the whole thing, obviously, uh, and not Asian, is specifically Chinese. So, like a quote-unquote Chinese philosophy. So, but then you get to Luke Cage, who is a black superhero who fights crime in Harlem, and it goes back to that old thing: if you live in New York City and you're black, probably you live in Harlem. Now, that might be very true, <laughs> but 
Well, the, well, the funny thing about that is this is Harlem in 2017. Right. So the idea that they're making it seem as if he's like Shaft in the 1970s and just like, you know, that, uh, you know, right down the street from where Luke Cage lives. Um, oh, God, what is his name? The guy who constantly hosts the uh, Tonys. Host the Tonys. Also, uh, Doogie oh, Howser. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris lives in Harlem. He and he and his uh, uh, Broadway star husband and there are two adorable kids live in Harlem. So it's just like when we see the fact the whole idea that Luke Cage is the only thing keeping Harlem afloat and keeping it to get from exploding is Luke Cage is a little hard to believe now that we know that, uh, uh, you know, who else is living there? Broadway stars live in Harlem. Right. Now, but OK, so. let's remember right. there are different sides to Harlem. So it's like they're not living in East Harlem. <laughs> uh, Neil Patrick Harris and them don't live in East Harlem so there is a level of gentrification that's starting to happen in Harlem that's happening in Harlem but all of Harlem is not 125th and 116th so let's just be clear well I, all I could think when I was watching is they were working really hard not to show any Starbucks as he was walking down those gritty streets of Harlem <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you look close you can see people in the background um, eating their cronuts <laughs> Harlem is actually one of my favorite places. I adore Harlem. I love it. I would love to live there. So in any case, you have that whole end of it and um, him fighting and defending the neighborhood. And I mean, again, Harlem is seen as like the bastion of quote unquote black culture and black life in New York City. So I get where they're trying to go, but then it, it's like, does it fall into a stereotype? Because remember, his character is is was imprisoned. So it starts from his story where he was imprisoned, and apparently he's now gone back to prison and is now being released. So that's the first thing that we see of him. Okay, the first thing that we see of the of Iron Fist is of course he studied with the masters his girlfriend is asian as well and here here they have to use their skills and their swords and here comes a a ninja <laughs> to you know to make everything so the first thing we see of them is the trope of chinese culture then we see luke cage he's he's getting released from prison and of course there's and, and of course when you're getting out of prison and you're black there's going to be rap there music has to be rap the music there is always rap playing in the background whenever you're black and you're being released from prison in fact i think i think that's in the rule books there but i but you know i just wish that once someone would actually play a different kind of rap song and they're like i wish i was a little bit taller i wish i was a baller i wish i had a girl who looked good i would call her. that would have been so fun if that had been playing when he left as opposed to like you know i'm gonna kill the cops kind of song. i think that would have just made light of the whole situation <laughs> that's like having fresh prince's summertime playing instead of that would have been another. That would have been another oh, great God. choice to have you to play as he no, was getting out of No, I think you need prison. a little bit of NWA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. that's that. That's that's just that's too easy, Tachi. That's that. That's just that's too by rote. But all right, <laughs> maybe something a little more underground. I don't know. I I I get it. But you know, it just fall. It falls within the stereotypes, and I can appreciate the role that they play in there. But it makes you think about it. In any case, you know. So then you have the stereotype of the of Iron Fist. Uh, what is Iron Fist's name? Danny Rand. Uh, right. Danny so Rand. Danny Rand, who is this rich trust fund 
child who his parents his parents were apparently killed. That's another thing. Let's let's, go, let's cut, cut to, to the another chase. chase of Marvel. Oh my god. The, Marvel is not a safe universe for parents. No. If you have kids, you will be killed brutally by either either a street thug or in some kind of global conspiracy. You will be killed, so your kid will have to grow up and yes, avenge you. Your, your children, you have to be parentless so you can avenge your parents' death. There is always something. So that's what Iron Fist is doing. His whole thing is to avenge his parents' death. Well, not just his parents. And oh, he has he has more issues oh, yeah. than Batman. Batman just had to avenge his parents' death, but not only Iron Fist has to avenge not only the death of his parents, but he also has to avenge uh, the death of all of his uh, what do they call his sense his group though his his karate group. tribe or, or, <laughs> or group or whatever they call they're called all of the ancient Chinese secret wisdom they taught him they were all killed. Apparently, their ancient Chinese secrets did not help them to defeat the people sent by Sigourney Weaver to kill everybody, and they were all super murdered. And so now he's on a private jet. He's heading to New York to basically, uh, you know, find out who is it who is it that killed his whole village. Right, exactly. And this is. There is a, and then of course there is uh, Daredevil, who is a blind lawyer who is in retirement from being Daredevil, and apparently then comes out of retirement. Well, is get is forced out of retirement because he actually comes into contact with uh, Jessica Jones and becomes her attorney, quote unquote. Yeah, her public defender. But um, what's interesting about uh, the Daredevil in this versus Alec, uh, um, Ben Affleck, Alec Baldwin, Ben Affleck's version is that they don't, to me, one thing I thought was lacking, I don't know if they do more of it or deal with it in uh, the Daredevil series, is they had a visual manifestation because the whole idea is he uses his, he sees with sound, he uses sound waves to basically right. see where he's going and right. map things out. So even though he's blind, he can he can fight like a ninja, and and, and he he does uh, uh what's that? I can never pronounce that word correctly. Carp uh, carpor that 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 uh thing that started in, Brazil? in um, capoeira uh, in, capoeira yeah where they. Uh, no, 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 no. The the thing of in the story, I think it started in Paris, where where kids jump from building to building oh, and do oh, flips and yeah. stuff like that. Parkour, yeah. parkour, parkour. So yeah, so he does parkour. So he's flipping and jumping around uh, from building to building, and he's doing it all being blind. But we don't get any kind of to me visual or kind of they they to me they don't really show. Maybe they went through this whole thing thought like they need to, did need to explain it again or show how he sees again. Uh, using sound because in the movie Daredevil they had like a v- kind of a visual kind of way of showing us the audience how he's able to perceive what's around him using just sound. Right, which you know, which was amazing in and of itself. So those are the four characters which are they're not tied initially, but then they become tied. So, but like you said, they have there are people around them, and in that you, that New York City universe. New York City Marvel Universe, albeit, that are connected and that have connections. And so those connections eventually end up bringing them together. And they're trying to sell with Iron Fist or Danny. His whole thing is fighting this organization and they're called The Hand. So apparently there are five of them that, you know, again, here we go with the mysticism, the the Asian. It takes five fingers to make a hand. (laughs) Yes. So again, with this ancient Chinese mysticism, they were all studying. And what was the story? Apparently, 
basically that they were all at once when once there was peace in some dojo somewhere all these all these ancient chinese secret people were um trying to find ways to basically heal the world with with also ancient china others ancient chinese secrets and so they wanted then when they discovered some ancient chinese secrets then some there was a group of them that are all like you know we can use these ancient chinese for, secrets for right. us and we can be living all kinds of exactly. large you guys and the other ones were like wait a minute we, sh- we didn't shave our heads for nothing we're in it for the good of the people and so five ha- five fingers of the hand broke off and they used their ancient chinese secrets for evil and bad and they have been you know up to no good for centuries yes. Yeah, for centuries, and so this this battle has been a long one in the making. It's 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 literally started like about six hundred years ago, and it's finally coming to a head in twenty seventeen in the middle of New yes, York. Yes, yes, yes. It's I, there's just so much to the like I said. I'm only on episode five, and that's only because I had to stop to um to work. <laughs> so so that's the only reason I stopped. Otherwise, I would have kept going uh, with them. Yeah, trying to keep a roof over roof over your head is the only thing that stops me from watching TV. So it was like, oh yeah, I need a place to be able to watch TV, so I better stop watching it just long enough to continue to play for the place I watch TV. Um, One other thing um, that I that was to me about it, because I admit again, it's slow to me at the beginning as a person who didn't doesn't know the universe, because you'll get many scenes of characters, even once the Marvel characters all get together. The main characters, they'll say you'll, you'll you'll get like scenes where one defender will finally meet another one, and he'll say something like, you know, like who are you, and why are you here, and then the answer is always it's a long story. It's like this is a mini series. Answer the question. Tell us the long story and explain what the hell's going on. So there's a lot of it's a long stories that happens in this uh, mini series. But I will recommend one thing right off the top with the whole the whole ancient Chinese secret thing. If you're not deeply offended by this, which we all should be (laughs) (laughs) i i'm gonna make it even more offensive by saying that uh if you're gonna start binge watching this after watching watch episode one and order your chinese food your chinese food should arrive when you start watching episodes two and three in between that time that's the perfect time to get your kung pao chicken on so i kid you not if you're gonna do this do it right the views expressed by kevin are not necessarily (laughs) expressed by tv channeling it does not have to be chinese food it could be pizza you could just pop popcorn. But it won't be right. It won't be right. No, you know what? I'm the kind of person that maybe I am offensive, but I I remember introducing um, The Godfather and The Godfather 2 to someone. I'm like, you know what? We're going to have to, let's do this right. <laughs> let's have some spaghetti and some garlic bread. Let's do this well, right. I mean, yeah. No, that, I, okay. Okay. I, I, I can see that. I don't know. Yeah. So, so but I, and I do feel like if, if you're watching this, you'll, if you don't oh. listen to Tachi. when you're actually eating your chinese food watching episode the end of episode two and the beginning of episode three you'll be like kevin was right or kevin was racist anyway (laughs) (laughs) i already said if you're not deeply offended by what we've already discussed so far oh oh goodness (laughs) oh my god wow well so was there anything else that stood out to you about this series oh uh, let's see one thing i have to say though there's an actress who plays the character electra mm. 
and I should say spoiler, <laughs> but um, if you looked at any of the in any of the art or the trailers for the miniseries, you know that Electra is, in, is back on the can, on the canvas, and the actress who played uh, Electra, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the name her, her the pronunciation of her name, uh, Elodie Young. Um, she has a presence and she's very interesting. I don't deny it, but I'm sorry, Electra will always be Jennifer Garner to me. Jennifer Garner, always. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I guess, Bo, will Daredevil always be Ben Affleck to you? Okay. No. <laughs> no superhero should ever be Ben Affleck <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> so I don't understand why this keeps I, happening. I don't know. I don't know. Stop letting him be a superhero, Hollywood. <laughs> I like her as Elektra. She's got this. So for those of you that part of what these, the not the black hand, but the hand, the five fingers of the hand, their thing is to use their powers to not only, you know, to do evil, but also to bring people back to life. And so... Oh, yeah. And they, they, and they, and yes. And so in the universe, apparently Electra is the dearly departed and she died in some epic battle, which they always do in an epic, but she didn't, she, she died choking on a chicken bone. No, she didn't. She died <laughs> during some epic battle and she died in Daredevil's arms and he's never been able to forgive himself from not being able to protect her. Even though she's a fighting ninja machine, she didn't protect herself. I don't know why he's feeling guilty. Exactly. But anyway, <laughs> um, the man can't see. Exactly. She should have been, she should have been saving him but anyway <laughs> but anyway so that that's one of his demons is the fact that he couldn't save electra and i do what i do like about this as far as in let's talk about colorblind casting um i love the fact that daredevil is of hispanic descent in this version of daredevil as opposed to ben affleck who is the i mean he's liquid paper personified so um I like the fact that, uh, and also Electra is also supposed to be like uh, of Hispanic yes. descent as well. Yes. So that's pretty cool that they kind of uh, that they they're broadening the canvas and the, and making it feel like the real kind of people that live in different parts. And because each superhero has their own part of New York, there's there there are no Gotham cities in this in this universe. They actually all live in real parts of well, New and, York. and that's the thing, and that's what makes it work. You have to reflect your superheroes need to because otherwise you know they're just like these ethereal beings that don't have any meaning to you they live amongst you in your in the community and that's what new york looks like new york is very multicultural so if they were all white superheroes i'd be like what kind of rubbish is this that doesn't mean that's not new york yeah they don't you know what yeah, these these uh, superheroes don't live. They don't live in the Friends New York. No, they live. They, they live in a very different New York. Exactly, than the where nobody did. else but them existed. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? So this is a real depiction of of what if there were really superheroes like that, what they would look like and what they would be. It makes perfect sense. Oh, okay. And on a side note, with Friends. What I loved about that is the fact that okay, they go to a coffee shop, Central Park, in the you know in the middle of New York, right right near Central Park, and whenever they would all wander in there, there was a giant couch and a couple of chairs on the side of the couch that were always free, just for them, always available for them to all sit and hang out together, <laughs> like just for reserved them, no, exactly. for them. Because I'm just, like that never happens. If you've how, ever been to a coffee house in New York, you're lucky. If you find some place to sit, sit down and don't get up. 
Yeah, and exactly. And and then how, but also, but how did Central Park stay open? Because they were never that busy that they had, they had all those empty space, uh, empty chairs and empty seats and empty couches. I don't understand how they managed to keep the, keep oh, the place well, afloat. Oh, TV land, you can do anything. <laughs> including have an empty couch and chairs available for when the friends crew who hobbles in so you know it that's completely it's completely made up and and here's another thing going back to the whole lack of diversity thing on friends i don't know what side of central park they were on but part of central park is near harlem <laughs> So, and <laughs> like, the fact that there was nobody of color, I don't care that it was the 90s when that happened. That just really does not happen. That doesn't mean everything is a great big giant salad all of the time, but it was just ridiculous. Okay, so I digress. Um, well, you know what? Luke Cage, at that point, Luke Cage wasn't bulletproof yet, and so he wasn't protecting Harlem for the likes of... Uh, of uh, Doogie Hauser, <laughs> so that's why the friends went nowhere near there, oh, nowhere near oh. there. Now, when they when they announce a Friends reboot, they will be hanging out with Nick. They'll be having coffee with Nick Cage and Cronuts. They will be hanging out. It'll be totally different kind of so. scene. I guess so. SJ SJP will be there hanging out with them. Completely different Completely. kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> now one other thing i wanted to ask you about what did you think of sigourney weaver's character because it's uh, every this is everything everybody's circling around that she is the sun in this and they're all circling around her what did you think of uh sigourney weaver's performance in her i think it's fantastic because i think it's nice to see her in a role other than the savior because often what happens is that she's the one defending everything, you know, in, in the sci-fi type of way. And she's on the side of right and good. So it's a, it's a really good stretch for her in terms of uh, character study to be on the side of evil for once. Speaking of the side of evil, I got to mention one of my favorite quotes. So get your get your quote, favorite quotes uh, queued up because I have a couple. But speaking of Sigourney Weaver, one of just to let you know how she is not on the side of good this time. My favorite quote of hers in the miniseries is, "It's just a city. You'll get used to to watching them fall." I know I have. So yeah, she's seen a lot of cities fall in her day. And uh, New York City is the next one to to fall if she has her way. Well, and you know what? That this is funny because that's also one of my favorite quotes because I it also makes me think about how far we've come production wise to be able to do something like this. Because remember, years ago, closer to um, September eleventh, twenty oh one, two thousand one they would not have been able to make something like this without stirring people's, you know, no, you can't make this. Yeah, let's not talk anymore because we're going to get do more. We'll be giving up some major spoilers. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. no. Some, I'm, di- I'm just putting out there, there's epic some epic things. things that happen. And so um, when you're saying it's just a city and um, you get used to seeing them fall, it kind of reminded me of of that whole thing. Yeah, it. Uh, oh, I agree. It was definitely echoes, and and anybody who was alive during nine eleven, you could not help but think of that when she says that. That makes the line even more ominous, and what's to come in the miniseries even more uh, e- echoes of uh, reality creeps in. And um, one other thing I was going to say, I think I've said uh, touched on before, but I love the fact that even though the main heroes don't know each other, like Luke Cage's girlfriend knows. Uh, she she knows Iron Fist 
uh, girlfriend, all these different side people all seem to know each other. So um, Jessica Jones has a best friend, I guess, who has a radio station. So apparently Daredevil's other love interest, who isn't dead at the beginning of this, um, (laughs) she knows her as well. So they all kind of know each other because they all exist in New York. Um, But the main heroes don't know each other and we see them get to know each other. And it takes, like I said before, a couple of episodes before we get them together as a team. And once they get together to a team, I have to admit, I really love the chemistry of all four of them kicking ass side by side was so fun. And the banter that they were doing back and forth all felt right. It really, and I didn't, I haven't watched any of this before, but all the banter felt right. But to me, the real star of this besides Sigourney Weaver, I've got to give it up to Jessica Jones. She is my favorite favorite wisecracking alcoholic superhero <laughs> she is everything <laughs> she is so cool and she also had one of my favorite lines um as she is uh, uh basically being attacked by one of the hands hench dudes and she says jesus am i the only one left who doesn't know karate <laughs> and yes she's the only one who doesn't know karate uh, well luke cage is not a karate person either he just street fights that's an well, that's something I wanted to ask you about this, Tachi, about Luke Cage's superpowers. Now, I knew that he was bulletproof, but I didn't know that he's super yeah, strong as well. Yeah, well. super strength and he's bulletproof. Wow. So so is Jessica Jones is stronger than him, right, though, as far as her super strength? I think so, but she's not bulletproof. So no. She's not bulletproof. Yeah, he's the only one because they're they're they, when they're fighting and because that one thing that I will say that I did enjoy, and I'm like, finally. When they're doing all the martial art things and it's incredible and people are doing these slow motion jumps over each other's heads and stuff like that, it's all beautiful. But all I could think is I'm watching this like, does anybody own a gun in New York City? <laughs> well, it's time to take out the trash. And so finally, after all the incredible fight sequences, like finally, Sigourney be like, I'm done with this. Send in the people with the guns. Yes. And, then, and then the gun the gun people come in and then everybody gets behind Luke Cage. <laughs> Let me tell you, that man messes up more sweat shirts than anybody i know oh i was thinking i was thinking that exact same thing like like how he must get those by the case and <laughs> get that the the sweatshirts and the hoodies he must get them by the case because every time he goes out comes back home where there's a shot of him and i'm sure you oh, enjoy yeah. it there's a shot of him taking off the bullet uh the bullet hole filled uh, shirt uh and then putting on another shirt in fact in luke cage in his series he made mention to that because every five minutes was like new hoodie <laughs> so um yeah i i really okay so one of my favorite lines besides that Sig- sigourney weaver's line and i have to make sure that i'm having it right it was when luke cage and uh danny first who's iron fist first met and remember they met under circumstances that were they didn't know who one another were they didn't know each other and so they met under these weird circumstances and um Luke Cage mentioned to his girlfriend the fact that he encountered this guy and she was like, there's somebody you need to meet. And that's when they meet. And it's not a nice meeting at first. So when they talk, when they're talking, and I guess the the initial thing is both of their girlfriends are wanting them to kind of like work together. Luke Cage alludes to the fact of, you know, that the reason, the reason for his, um, the way he feels about the situation is because he's privileged. 
because he, you know, I, he said something to the effect of, I could smell the privilege on you, something to that effect. I can't remember the line exactly, but it really alluded to the fact of there are two different worlds here. You have Danny whose family is, you know, up the wazoo money, owns all these corporations. And of course he studied ancient Chinese secret ways and such. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, but then on well, even though he would remember now, that's one thing that's not. I haven't seen the back, the Iron Fist backstory, but again, he didn't know he was super rich because he was living in a dojo after his parents were right. brutally murdered. He was raised by these ancient Chinese secret people, and then apparently somebody. Told, oh, and by the way, you're crazy rich. Once he would like, once he had learned, uh, you know, his to get his chi in order because he has to get his chi in order to basically make his fist light up and turn into exactly, Iron Fist. exactly. So right, no, he didn't know. But now he knows. So you have that juxtaposition of that, um, the chi millionaire, we'll, we'll call him. And then on the other side, you have Luke Cage, who's from Harlem, who was incarcerated, um, who, by the way, for something that he did not, that was not his fault. So he was incarcerated twice at this, t- at this point, and he does not have the means that this other guy has. So he's basically, Luke Cage is basically telling him, your approach is because you're doing it from a position of privilege. So while you're talking about, oh, it was really, there was a, a, a young man who was involved in, remember, the cleanup scene. And so they're not involved in any of the stuff that the hand does. They're just, you know, the doing the grunt work for the hand. And it's a job. So this young man is doing it. And so in Iron Fist's mind, there's no excuse for participating on any level for this. But in Luke Cage, it's like he's trying to have a job so that he can eat. Yeah, for this, for, yeah, for this, for this kid, you know, working for the hand, basically helping clean up uh, all these plethora of murder scenes all around New York. That's a summer jobs program <laughs> for him. I'm mad you said summer jobs program. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It, yeah, well, and so it's like some people don't have that choice. Oh wait, like you know what? You know what? You got me thinking about something. That that kid. You, we got to talk about who played his mother. Yes. I don't know if it means anything to you or if you know who his that was mother was. Angie. But I know Angie from, from all, my, all children. my children. Oh my, oh my God! It was everything to see her. So yeah, ABC, bring it back. <laughs> now, see, I'm not a soap opera person. I've never been. That's why I can't get into things like the have and the have-nots because I'm not a soap opera person. <gasps> yeah, no. No, uh, it probably is. That is the that is the that is the one uh, Tyler Perry travesty <laughs> I allow myself to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a travesty and after every episode i take a very long hot shower and and time for self-reflection <laughs> i would hope but by the time <laughs> but after seven days pass i'm ready to get right back in the mud again with him and <laughs> watch another yeah, episode i can't <laughs> i i tried and because i'm not a soap opera person it didn't work for me so that's why i know her because remember back then how many black people did you have on soap operas it was Angie and what was the man's name? Uh, Jesse. Yes. Jesse. It was those two. Angie, Angie and Jesse. Jesse. And what was what was neat about it, especially let's if we're going to talk about basically uh, ethnicity and the time, what was really interesting about their story was Jesse was from the wrong side of the tracks, but Angie was from the right side of the tracks. She was a med student. Her father uh, uh, had a very nice career. She lived a very upper middle class lifestyle. And of course, who does she fall in love with? Some street kid. And her father did not work 
as hard as he did to get his family where they are to have his daughter who was going to like Yale med school or something like that end up with some street thug and he did all kinds of stuff to try and put the kibosh on their love (laughs) yeah so okay clearly that's why I'm not into it so Anyway, but it does sound interesting. But anyway, yes, Angie uh, does play a, a role there. It. I'm just. I. I needed to have this great superhero thing to watch. So I'm glad we chose to review this. Yeah, it was. It was really fun, and um, I. I'm really after watching all of this. I'm definitely going to have to check out Jessica Jones and get the backstory between and and the whole because clearly her and Luke Cage have a history. He has some other he's involved with uh, another woman now. I don't know what happened, how things went down with Jessica Jones, how long they were together before it ended. But uh, I'm going to have to see that. I'm going to have to see that backstory. And I'm going to probably end up watching some uh, more uh, Luke Cage because he was a very interesting character. I want to watch. I want to watch for no other reason as I'm watching him walk down the streets of Harlem and trying to clean up the crime-ridden city that is Harlem, I want to basically see uh, in the background Doogie Hauser and his Broadway star husband walking with their incredibly adorable twins in some $8,000 exactly. stroller. And because they spent $8,000 on a stroller, they're going to the kids' section at H&M on 125th Street to buy her some clothes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh yeah. wait, I have one other before okay. we before we wrap it up. I got one other line from uh from uh that Luke Cage gave is one of my favorite uh, lines of the episode is when Luke Cage is th- uh is threatening some guy named Turk trying to get information from him. He's roughing him up a little bit and then he says uh uh Luke says to him, "If this isn't the truth, I'll be back and you won't like me then." And then the Turk says, "I don't like you now." <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that said it all (laughs) all right Tachi it's time for me to ask the question that I love to ask each and every week so Tachi are you going to keep watching uh, Marvel's The Defenders or are you going to change the channel I am absolutely definitely going to keep watching Marvel's The Defenders because I I need to finish it and I just think that it's so compelling to see all of these different types of superheroes living in New York coming together because of so now that not that that's never happened before but it hasn't happened with these characters in this way so I'm excited to see how the writing is going to change in the next season Oh yeah, now, um, now um, well, before I say anything, I guess it's time for somebody to ask me something. I was going perhaps. to. I didn't know if you wanted to elaborate on what I was going to say, but I'll ask you now anyway. Are you going to, well, you watch the whole damn series. <laughs> there is no change the channel for you. But okay, let's assume that it's coming back for a season two, which it probably will. Will you watch season two or are you going to change the channel? <laughs> you're right i'm gonna stay tuned because no it was so i really enjoyed it and i i love the whole idea of them being reluctant super friends uh, because they really don't want to no. be they're very independent and watching them try to uh to uh people who are used to doing everything their own way uh on their own timeline watching them try to figure out what it's like to have have someone have their back and to have someone else's back um is really interesting to watch it all play out and i will say something that the ending of the of the eight uh episode miniseries does leave in like oh wait a minute something might 
something might be able to happen in a season two. So I definitely, not only am I going to check out season two of The Defenders, but it's actually got me going backwards and and watching Jessica Jones from the start. Because I believe she's the one that started this whole kind of thing off this particular part this marvel universe i think wasn't it jessica jones first then luke cage yes then yes. uh daredevil yes. then iron fist yeah so she was she started it all and she is she is really a great character because she is not the typical kind of uh female superhero a you don't get a lot of female superheroes to start with but to have her be a superhero and to be as flawed as she she's obviously super flawed is. and she's a reluctant superhero she doesn't want to do it yeah, not yeah. She's a PI, and and she and she. What's amazing is she has the kind of grit and the kind of badassery that you get from an old school filmoir uh, kind of uh, uh, PI, and I love that about her. I, I I love. I even love her look. I love how she's always wearing these scarves. It seems to be eternally winter for her wherever where, her New York is. It's always <laughs> yes. winter. It's always it's always scarf weather. You're never going to catch Jessica Jones in a tank top <laughs> and some flip flops, <laughs> and and that's the way she should she should never be seen. In, uh, other than I need to just see her walking the streets uh, late at night during the fall and winter forever. I totally feel her. I totally get absolutely. It. And for Luke Cage, it's always summer anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, not when he's hanging no. out with Jessica Jones. That's why he's wearing those hoodies. That's another thing. When you're bu- when you're a bulletproof guy and you're a big black guy and you're walking around the streets with a hoodie on during the day, you're gonna. And I love the idea that he's trying to be incognito. It's just like, but you're wearing a hoodie in the middle of the day. Who isn't going to look at you like, wait a minute, that's Luke Cage, exactly. the bulletproof guy. You're not hiding from anybody. No, no, even if he thinks he's fooling somebody, my friend, you are not. So, so that's it. I, I guess the both of us are on the same page and we are thumbs up on this one. We're going to keep watching Marvel's The Defenders. Yes. Oh, my God. All right, Tachi. So tell people where they can listen to TV channeling. As if they don't know, they're listening to us now, so they have a clue. You have a clue of where you're listening to us from the current platform you are on now, but there are other ways. But there's other options. There are options. options. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And if you go to TVChanneling.com, it points right to Podbean. How easy is that? And why don't you tell them if they say wanted to give us a suggestion for a show they want us to review, how could they reach us on social? Okay, you can reach us pretty much everywhere. You have no excuse not to be following TV channeling somewhere. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Snapchat. And we're on my personal favorite Twitter. So if you have any shows that you would like us to review or you want our take on a particular entertainment news story, just write to us on any of those platforms. Let us know. We will mention your question and we'll mention you right here on TV channeling. And also, we would love it if you would subscribe to our show. That way, when we do bonus episodes like we are right now, you will be the first to know about it. And you can check it out. And also, we would love it if you would leave a review for our show. And by the way, our show is 
five-star rated. It's official, people. Five stars. <laughs> and if you'd like to add to that, if you like to add what your thoughts about our show, depending on what platform, on some platforms, you can actually review a particular episode or you can review the whole show, TV channeling, uh, if you like. Whichever, we would love to hear what you think of the show if you like it. If you don't like it, You've got other things to do. It's a busy life. You got a job. You probably have a family. You don't have time to be writing negative <laughs> reviews of TV channeling. You really don't. But if you love TV channeling, you know what? Life's too short not to let the world know how much you love TV channeling. And we love you for loving us. So with that, we're going <laughs> to let you get back to what you were doing before you were listening to us. Love is, love all, around. is all around. And so we're going to sign off. It's a wrap for us, and we'll talk to you next time. So I'm going to say bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>